Hi, and welcome to episode 10 of the Fix Your Sex Podcast, where we talk all things sex. I am your host, Amina, and I'm a sacred sex coach, tantric body worker, and all-around sexual revolutionary. I'm here to share my thoughts and hot takes on how and why we are still having bad sex in the 21st century and providing solutions and tips for us to have great sex for the rest of our lives. Quick disclaimer, this podcast is again for grown-ups and there are sensitive topics being discussed. So if you are under 18 or if conversations about sex and the usage of profanity bother you, you might want to leave now. You've been warned. All right. So welcome y'all. Um, I'm saying y'all more and more now that I've been living down here for almost two years in Georgia. Um, and I'm coming back off of a little bit of a hiatus. I am much needed hiatus. So we had a lot going on over here. We had the Atlanta Tantra Fest, um, which I'm going to talk about a little bit in this episode. Um, Tantric Tuesdays really kind of picked up and started rolling. There's just, it was summertime in Atlanta. So there's like the home of the day parties. And so there was just a lot going on. So I wanted to, um, I had sex down south. Uh, what else? There's just so many things. And I wanted to be able to exist as well. And by the time I was done existing and working and seeing clients, um, getting back to actually talk to you in a podcast form just seemed like it wasn't going to happen. So it was a hiatus. That's what we're going to call it. And now we're back. On today's show, I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about the Atlanta, Tan- Atlanta Tantra Festival, stuttering over my own festival. Um, I'm also going to talk a little bit about the policing and selling of black sexuality online and the importance of finding your sexual voice and appreciating that voice in others. Then as usual, if I don't run too long, I'll check in on questions for me left via the internet. I, um, have posted like I always do right before I record, I ask me a question, um, link. And so... If there's some questions, we'll get to them. If not, sometimes there aren't, and it's it is what it is. So, um, but first, before I get started with any of that, I want to offer my pro ho tip. And this podcast pro ho tip is brought to you by the 20, 2019 Atlanta Tantra Festival, which will be held October 12th through the 14th here in the city. That's ITP inside the perimeter, not in the suburbs of Atlanta. We're not in Stockbridge. We're not in Marietta. We are in 303 inside the city of Atlanta, inside the perimeter. So for tickets and sponsorship opportunities or um, and more info, whatever, you can go to www.atltantrafest.com. That's ATL, like the airport code, Tantra, T-A-N-T-R-A, fest.com. Okay. So the pro tip is this. You are your own commercial. If you are selling a sexual service, and that could be anything. Of course, this podcast does not promote any illegal activity. Caveat. But um, whatever sexual service that you are promoting, whether that's sex coaching or, um, you know, tantric bathing or, again, if you're, you know, in a jurisdiction that you're not concerned about the policing of hand jobs, whatever it is, just always remember that you are your own commercial and that you should promote yourself shamelessly. You are your business, you are your brand. And being able to speak to, about 
your business, speak to your brand in places that may not seem like the quote unquote right place to speak about it at, that's, that's what you have to start practicing. That has to be what you embody. Um, there is a fundraiser out there, Gail Perry. She teaches fundraising and I used to do a lot of fundraising for nonprofits and she teaches, um, about friend raising and how you should be able to sneeze your organization, your board member should be able to sneeze your mission statement everywhere they go. So, you know, when you sneeze, you have this spray that goes out 30 feet and everybody in the perimeter should be, um, you know, impacted by that sneeze, so to speak. Um, the same thing has to happen with your sex practice, your sexual business. So when you go out there into the streets and you go out there into to parties, to events, don't be afraid to sneeze your brand out into other people. As long as you are coming from a space that you honor your own sexuality, you honor your sensuality, and you believe that your practice is that is there to help people, that it's a service that the world needs, then you have to be comfortable speaking to that and don't let somebody else um, dim your light on that. Go ahead and shamelessly promote your sexual um, self. So that is today's pro-ho tip. It's literally for pro-hos. And again, the pro-ho tip was brought to you by the Atlanta Tantra Festival, the 2019 Atlanta Tantra Festival, which will be held October 12th through the 14th here in the city of Atlanta. So Speaking of the Atlanta Tantra Festival, let's start there because um, we just wrapped. It's been a month since we finished up the Atlanta Tantra Festival. It's been a whirlwind of a month. Well, not quite a month. It's been like three weeks, but still close enough. It's been a while. It was amazing. Oh, my God. Um, For those of you listeners who were able to attend, I cannot express enough gratitude to you. You came out, you showed out, you connected, you tried new things. The cuddle space, oh my God. So just so you know, the Atlanta Tantra Festival was a two-day fest, um, two and a half really, because we had a third day that was kind of special. But um, two days, Friday, I'm sorry, Saturday and Sunday, and we had guest speakers, we had workshops throughout the day. Everyone ate, we fed everyone um, nutrient-dense, beautifully, lovingly prepared vegan food, um, soul, what's made with soul, not necessarily soul food, but food made with soul all weekend long. And um, we had, you know, we touched each other. We learned about um, about decolonizing our, our fuck space. We meditated together. We masturbated together. And it was a, oh my God. There's so much that was happening. So we had a masturbation session, um, one of the workshops where we had uh, Ty Shaw, who's this dope um, esoteric sexologist here in Atlanta, doing, and she's also um, in the religion. She's Ifa Voodoo, and just magical, this magical being um, with her sound with crystal sound bowls. While I led um, a group meditation while we masturbated. There's nothing like that. I'm telling you, like, you just have to understand the heaviness of the energy that was in the room at that, at that time while we're all laying on our yoga mats, lights are dimmed, candles are everywhere. Oh my God. So amazing. 
um, and we had a cuddle space. We had a space that was just designated. There was some light. It was the library, but we had set it up as a cuddle space with cushions everywhere, pillows, blankets. Um, I thought maybe, you know, one or two people might pop in there every now and then and cuddle. Yo, the pictures of the cuddle space were so ridiculous. There are so many pictures of just, it was never not people in the cuddle space. And there were never just two. I mean, I think at one point we had like 16 of us in the cuddle space. The cuddle puddle was crazy. So, um, so it was just the space that was safe and, you know, it was clothing optional and it was brown. It was brown as fuck. I mean, I started this event, um, because I was having smaller events and people were coming, people were missing them because most of my events are on weekdays just because I'm start. I was starting small and weekday event spaces in Atlanta are not as, at as much of a premium as weekend event spaces. So I had to start somewhere, right? And they would start filling up and filling up and it would just get crazy. I couldn't believe like how many people were, um, interested, people of color were interested in coming out and learning more because everything I've seen, all the events that I've gone to historically have not had people of color. You know, like I go to Tantra events all over the country and there's no brown people or there's one or two um, that, you know, it's not uncommon that maybe they were raised by an adopted family or they were raised in a neighborhood where there were no other black people. Those are the black people that would be coming to the events. And so for me to come here to Atlanta and open up events after being in Hawaii, um, it's just been this beautiful experience, right? So I thought, you know, about seven, eight months ago, I should do a festival, like just a small thing, see if I can't have an event that brings us all together for the weekend. And so it was really born out of those small events. So I'm, I can't thank everybody enough for coming to those smaller events and inspiring me to try to create a space that was, that centered blackness and Tantra, that centered blackness and divine sexuality, that centered brownness and centered queerness and centered, um, you know, the freedom that we want to exist in and also Tantra, also sacred sexuality, also all of these things, all these intersections come together, a place where we're safe to express ourselves and those that are, you know, our allies are, are, are welcome to come and support us and, and listen and learn and take that message back and share with us and grow. And it was just all of those things. So, um, if, you know, if this wasn't a podcast and you were looking at me, you would just see like the big old cheeks and the glow emanating from me right now, just talking about it because that's how amazing it was. So, um, we had 70 people, seven zero show up for the weekend. Um, some just on Saturday, some just on Sunday, but mostly everybody had a weekend pass. It was affordable, which made it accessible Because my goal, I mean, don't get me wrong, I would love to be able to put on this event and have it grow and and not be concerned with the finances. But my goal was to make sure I had an event that was accessible. 
because a lot of the other events that I go to, one of the contributing factors that leads us not to be, us as people of color, not to be at them is because many of these events cost more than a couple months rent. So it's a really hard decision to make. Like, do I go learn about sex? Something that I've been told culturally is shameful to do in public or, you know, um, a, you know, private thing or shameful just in general. Do I try to erase all that and give a month of rent to go do it or two months of rent to go do it? Um, do I go and get certified in training programs that cost, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, I've seen twelve and thirteen thousand dollars for to so that I could teach it to my community. Nobody, you know, it's it's not it's not a rocket science why there aren't a lot of disenfranchised folks that show up to these other events. So I wanted to have an event that did not do that, that offered accessibility for everyone. And so we did that. And it wasn't a money-making thing. I didn't mind putting some of my own money because I'm a firm believer of putting your money where your mouth is. Um, and and that that made it possible. So it, it just was an amazing experience. And... Um, I can't wait to 2019, y'all. So if you are interested in attending, learning more, um, sponsoring, hello, because I don't want to continue to pay out of my pocket, um, supporting, whatever, you, you have ideas that you want to share or you want to present, I was able to pay all of my presenters also. So that's another thing that is important to me. Um, and that I learned from BurleyCon. So shout out to BurleyCon, um, which is a burlesque convention that's happening right now in Seattle. I'm supposed to be there, but the universe sat me down and said, no, we're not going to BurleyCon. So here I am um, recording this podcast instead. But shout out to BurleyCon because they taught me and a lot of the burlesque performers there taught me the value of like how, the importance of paying folks who are coming to your events to teach for you. I'm sure people that came to the event because of what they saw just assumed that I'd made all this money from it. But that wasn't the goal. The goal was to be able to be at an event that I want to be at. So sometimes you have to put it on. Sometimes you have to pay the people to come out and teach what you need to have taught so that others can learn. And that's what I had to do. Sure, it wasn't a well-paying gig, but it was a paying gig. And in this world right now, There are just too many people, too many businesses, too many um, events that are being put on where people are not being compensated for their time and effort and energy. And, you know, you go through all this, you travel, you get there, you set up, you read, you write, you create a packet, you create a PowerPoint, whatever you do, you create a performance, you do all this labor for someone else. Um, and, and, and I understand I worked in nonprofit management for years, so I get it. I know what the struggle looks like, but I am not working for free and I don't expect other people to work for free for me. So, um, so I was able to pay all of my, all of my teachers, all of those that were presenting. Um, what else? It was just really dope. Um, So I want to continue that. So if you want to support the ability for other Brown instructors, oh, that's what I was going to say. ADHD, 
get back on it. Um, the oftentimes when you go, if you go and I encourage you to go to other events outside of mine, if they're, if you have access to them, but, um, you know, you don't see there's a resurgence or I shouldn't say resurgence, but there's an explosion of yoga teachers of color that's happening in, in North America, which I'm really excited about. I'm excited to see brownness teaching yoga. Um, but that's, you know, you don't see a lot of that. There's also a growing boom of, of sex educators that are um, of color, but you don't see enough of that. So when you go to these bigger events where the budget's larger and they attract more people, you really don't see brown teachers. And they will have you believing they don't, that we don't exist, but we do. And we came and we showed up and we got paid for it. You know, I made sure of that. So that was important as well. And, um, and yeah, we just had, it was just beautiful. So again, go to atltantrafest.com, follow at atltantrafest on Instagram, um, find us on Facebook, like us, love us, keep it going. Um, we really want to, um, we really want to be able to access each other in a bigger space. So this year, last year we had 70 or this year we had 70. Next year I'm shooting for 231 attendees. That's where I'm capping it at. Um, this year I capped it at a hundred and I got 70. So next year I'm capping 231. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get all the way there. We've already sold quite a few passes and, um, you know, Cyber Monday's coming up. I'm going to run some, some promos, but please consider either showing up, supporting, um, presenting, being there in heart and spirit, holding space for us in your mind, because it is just um, amazing to be able to look at something and be like, yo, we did that shit. We did that um, for the Atlanta Tantra Festival. So, yeah. And. Yeah, you can also follow me on Instagram. And for those of you who don't know, you know, if you were already following me and you thought I disappeared, I did not disappear. Instagram took my account, um, which was really annoying because I was all excited because I'd finally got up to like 6,500, almost 7,000 followers. And that was like a big milestone for me. I'm like, yeah, 7,000 followers is just a couple. I'm just a few breaths away. And then the day before the Atlanta Tantra Festival. I get up to log in and say, Tantra Fest is tomorrow. And they were like, nah, nah. Um, and they took my account. They, they, they took it down, disabled it or whatever they call it. And the reason that they gave me was that I had sexually explicit photos and language. Language. Like, first of all, Instagram, and I'm not knocking porn stars. I love porn. I have friends that are porn stars. I have friends that are nudist. I have friends. Their sexually explicit photos have never been like, I mean, I'm, I don't put up porn pictures. So I can, like, you have, what is sexually explicit? My breasts are always covered because Instagram will take those down immediately. Um, there's been a picture that they took down once because I had a hand on the butt. Like it was the person's hand that was on the butt. Um, that They took that one down. 
my pictures are all brown bodies and I, I, I want that point to not be lost because Instagram, I think, is very specific in the way in which it targets um, photos. And I know this because once upon a time, I used to follow a lot of non-black sex educators, non-black um, people working in the sex industry. And I know that SESTA and FOSTA have increased their regulation. I know that um, Instagram's, you know, leadership stepping down and Facebook kind of stepping in as the full-time, you know, big brother of Instagram also has something to do with it. I, those those points are not lost on me at all. However, it is very um, noticeable the difference in which pictures of brown nakedness, especially and specifically brown femme nakedness are taken down. How other expressions of nudity or other displays of nakedness um, are, you know, are widely available on Instagram. And, and it's so fucking annoying because for multiple reasons, like everyone's like, oh, we'll just start your own platform and this, that, and the other. Listen, I have a mailing list and I do encourage you to please join my mailing list. I do have a large, you know, mailing list following, thankfully, that I was able to build from Instagram. But I'm running a business here at the end of the day. I don't, I left corporate. I'm no longer in the military. This is what I do full time. I teach classes on sex and sexuality from the perspective of the divine feminine. I teach sexual awareness. I teach pleasure-based sexual education. I don't fuck on Instagram. I don't simulate sex acts on Instagram or any other social media platform. My mother follows me. If anybody's going to take my account down, it should be her, you would think. And trust me. My mother is pretty hotep and um, all of this, you know, it's, she's not fully at ease with everything that I do and talk about in public because she was raised by a mother from, you know, a conservative community um, as blackness was and still is, but specifically was 70 years ago. However, like, so, or not however, in addition to, I guess. Um, you know, Instagram, it, it, ignoring all of that and then removing me and other folks for, for artistic expression of, of nudity is ridiculous. Um, especially for educational expression of nudity. Any pussy picture that I put up on Instagram was a medical drawing. It's like they want, they don't want pleasure-based education. And it's, it's the policing of women's sexuality is, is online has been especially painful and somewhat triggering for me because I grew up in a house where we were policed like this. I grew up in a community where we were policed like this and we're still doing it. And we're still seeing that this is not helping women decide how they want to experience sex. It's not allowing them to make effective decisions about their sex and sexuality. It's putting them in, in, in positions where, um, where they are unable to protect themselves from harm, from perceived harm, from um, projected or future harm that, you know, ending up in situations where sexual harassment or, you know, allowing your existence to be there just for someone else 
and existing in that space is a norm. I grew up in a house where we had, you know, my mom had, I had three siblings. My mom had four pretty girls. So everything we did was based on the fact that we had to protect ourselves from someone else and from ourselves. We, you know, couldn't be outside. We couldn't go to anybody's house. Forget that. It's like this over-policing of us just teaches us that our sexuality and our sexual expression, our bodies are wrong. And it's these little microaggressions like this that just happen and macroaggressions that just happen over and over again that, you know, you can tell yourself that you are okay repeatedly, but then these things continue to happen. And how do you, how do you act like they're not, how do you act like they don't affect you when they absolutely do? Um, you know, it's, Instagram believes that they're protecting us from, from ourselves. Instagram believes that our nipples are, are the woman's nipple is just too much to be seen. Erica Hart. I love her. She has had a mastectomy. And so now that she's had her nipples removed, she can be nude on, or be topless on Instagram. That doesn't bother. So it's not that, you know, it's, it's so ridiculous. Like where this line is, what are you talking about? Um, men's nipples are fine clearly um and this is not new the free the nipple campaign has been around for a long time it is legal in all 50 states to walk outside with your tits out there is they're not genitalia and it's not to say you won't get arrested um it's just to say that you'll win in court and when i got titties i remember the first time that my mom noticed my tits that's how traumatizing the event was for me it was like the worst thing that could have happened like fuck you have titties now kind of thing and it's like that's still going on these little these little like just bearings on my brain and soul come enough already um we are designed for pleasure we are divine we are beautiful sexual beings created perfectly the way we are we are it's okay to desire It's okay to express desire. It's okay to learn about sex and how to please a partner, how to offer pleasure to a lover. That shouldn't be forbidden. It is, but it shouldn't be. And because of that, because offering pleasure, especially offering pleasure to a femme lover, because these lessons are forbidden, these lessons are are banned um, in the Instagram world, especially for brown femme women because I see so much other stuff. It's go ahead and look. Check out hashtags for Divine Feminine. Check out hashtags for Sacred Sexuality. Um, You will see the variance of color, who's shadow banned and who's not shadow banned. If things that are curvier women, which we know who they are more often than not, right? Um, Women with bigger asses and more voluptuous breasts how that is so much more vulgar in in, in in an expression of nudity under those under those same tags, sacred sexuality, divine feminine. Um, whereas a, a smaller A cup and I'm this is I love all my t- I love all titties. Okay? But this is just what you are able to see with your own two eyes. That's the you know, smaller breast, not as offensive. Um, it just, these messages that we're continuing to receive what, you know, skinny versus curvy. And at the end of the day, it just shows that we don't even know 
the difference between sex, sexy, and sexuality. Like we don't have we don't have any rules defining what that is. Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, these major media outlets. Realistically, this is where a lot of people get information. These are media outlets, um, and everybody that's on these platforms they are micro bloggers. We. Uh, whether it's, you know, whether you applaud it, whether you like it or love it, whether you hate it or not, folks are working in the sense of, in, in some form of journalism, bad journalism and good journalism. Um, but this is your, this is your freedom. This is, this is where your access to information is coming from for it's where this is not 1987. It's not even 1997. It's not even 2007. Shit has changed. The way in which we are receiving information, you're listening to a podcast. This has changed. This is media. Um, and being under attack in the media because, the you know, a few specifically male, specifically non-brown men um, are deciding what what is acceptable and what's not to be seen. Who can be taught what and why and where. That's what happens when you have these massive platforms. And yes, I could host a whole podcast on deconstructing Facebook, tearing down Instagram, but we know that's not going to happen, right? It's like um, in the 70s and 80s and 90s even, because I remember them with the socialist press when, you know, we you could have a socialist press. We didn't reach as many people as the folks that were reading the Chicago Tribune at the time. There's no way. So it's it's really limiting your access of information. Um, and anyway, I'm not going to continue my tear down tangent of that, but it really is bothersome. Um, I see it. I hope you see it. And you can follow me now um, on Instagram at ATL Tantra, but... Um, who knows how long that's going to be, right? They they have the right to take it. It's in the terms of agreement. They can say whatever I do is, is sexually explicit. I'm talking about sex. Um, so does a gynecologist. Sex is also a biological function. It's science, right? So, I mean, it's like, I know we talk about science deniers and we don't tend to think of them as folks from progressive California, but here we are. Here we are with, you know, some the biggest platforms that we have access to and no interest of the people in mind, no interest of women, especially in mind. Um, so there's that. Anyway, I went on kind of a tangent and I have my notes in front of me to keep me from going on tangents, but I did anyway. So, um, I think my next topic was going to be about the importance of finding your voice. Um, and I wanted to focus on finding your sexual voice just because clearly my throat chakra is active. Um, I don't have a problem expressing myself in life and gratefully now in sex. I like that. I don't like that. Um, are things that are words, phrases that I have no problem with in, in life, in the bed, in the gym, um, wherever I'm at, I'm, I get to exist in a state of bliss now. And so that's what I'm doing. That's where I'm moving from.
And it's important because I only got there through the practice of speaking what I want to myself. Journaling helped a lot. But I think it's really important to create a practice where you say what you want. You know, um, a friend of mine had a practice where she would go into the mirror and look at herself and talk about her business as if it was a year from now that she was introducing her business to someone else, but also to herself talking, looking at herself and telling herself, this is what, you know, welcome. This is who I am. And this is what I do. Welcome to my business. This is where we're at. And I think that that was such a strong, um, a strong way to develop your voice, right? Like I said, I taught the masturbation workshop and I think that that is like that mirror where you have a moment where you get a chance to sit and listen to yourself. Where's your pleasure coming from? How do you feel? What feels good for you? And that allows you to get more familiar with yourself, get better in touch with yourself and be ready to express that to a lover. Especially if you like, if you don't have a lover now, let's say you don't, you don't want to date or you're on the market or wherever you're at or you're da- you're with somebody but you're not having sex anymore. Um, it's These are really, it's even more important for you to get ready for that time because it's coming, right? I, you know it's coming. You can claim that. It's coming, those of you that are, that, you know, that want sexual experience. You want to share sexual space with somebody else. How are you preparing for that with your own voice? Can you speak to what you like or um, are you just going to play hit and miss and hope that the lover that you find next is able to figure out what it is that you need sexually, what it is that you desire sexually? And it's important to check in often. What I enjoyed sexually 10 years ago, I don't really look forward to now. It, uh, it's not, you know, at the top of my list. What I liked 20 years ago, oh, hell to the no. I don't even want that shit no more. You know, so it's really important to like have an idea what it is that you want to communicate to yourself. And I get a lot of women that come, especially women that come to me and they say, well, I don't masturbate. And um, my question is always the same. It's why? Inevitably, almost or invariably, I get um, answers like, uh, I just don't get off that way. Or I've never made myself orgasm that way. And I can't scream to the heavens enough that it's not about your orgasm. It really is not about your orgasm. Yes, the orgasm is an added bonus. It's a beautiful thing. And I wish you many orgasms. I do. But I also wish that you could just find yourself. I wish you connection with yourself so that you can connect to another partner. I want you to find peace and pleasure. I want you to be able to experience bliss at your own hands, just to remind yourself that that is a function of you. Because see, we go through life every day, especially as women, and especially for me as a woman of color, as a black woman in America, with constant reminders that I'm supposed to struggle and that pain is a part of life. Beauty is pain. In love, there's hurt. 
All of these messages are repeated throughout the day to me, to you, to all of us. How many messages are you getting reminding yourself that you are divinely designed for pleasure? Why aren't you starting your day with that message? You don't have to orgasm. Your clitoris just feels good. So touch it. Your labia just feels loved when you rub on it. Well, get some shea butter or some coconut oil and moisturize your pussy. Not necessarily with the intention of orgasm. Yes, you may still orgasm. I do. I love my orgasms. And I hope you do. But I just want you to know like that doesn't have to be the reason why you touch yourself. That doesn't have to be the reason why you masturbate, why you love on your own body. You get to figure out what feels good to you. You get to remind yourself that it feels good to be touched, even if just by you. So you get to develop your voice, your sexual voice, because you get to learn what it is that feels good, that brings you joy, that brings you pleasure. And until you learn that, there's just no way to express it to someone else. And so knowing that, knowing that you don't know, just makes you silent. It makes you lay there and take it. It makes you in situationships where you're not necessarily being pleased and where your pleasure isn't even the priority because you haven't made it a priority. How can anyone else? So make your pleasure a priority. Understand, learn, connect with your body and begin to express that to lovers. Let them know what felt good. I taught a masturbation workshop um, last weekend with a group of couples and it was really interesting with, you know, like the the fears that come up. Folks that are nervous in front of their partners to masturbate. Um, we Let's release the shame around making ourselves feel good. Let's work on that. Let's let that be. Um, we have a couple months left in 2018. Let's make that a priority that we release shame around feeling good. I think that would be helpful for all of us. So anyway, I am grateful that you've tuned in. Um, thank you for listening to my podcast. Thank you for, for supporting me, for continuing to follow me. Again, if you um, are on Instagram, you can follow me at ATL Tantra. You can find me on Twitter, also at ATL Tantra, and on Facebook at um, facebook.com forward slash Atlanta Tantra. Um, you can also go right to my website and sign up on my mailing list there, or you can sign up through the link on Instagram. My website is atltantra.com and you can schedule appointments right there. You can schedule, um, join us for our Monday, Monday meditations, our Tantra Tuesday workshops. You'll find there, um, I have another cuddle puddle coming up for new year's. So if you're going to be in Atlanta for new year's and you don't want to go to one of those big loud parties, you desire to bring in the new year with touch and connection. Let me know. Um, I'm your girl and yeah. 
I think that's it. Oh, I got a sip and sage and shop coming up too, December 21st. All of that's on the website. Go check it out. And, um, and I guess that's all I got. So thank you for tuning in and thank you for being a part of this journey. I look forward to having you around for the next one and hopefully meeting you at one of my upcoming events or on my table. Until then, go have some great sex. Aloha and a hui ho.